All right, here we go again, episode 38. So this time it's with the 2018 Lancaster Archie Classic champion, Rich Barker. Rich is a friend of mine, one of the first people in Barebow that I have ever met. And his story is special. Um, if you watch the 2018 shoot-ups on Lancaster Archie Classic, which will be in the description of the podcast, um, go watch that. And, and, and Rich talks a little bit about that in this episode, but not the bulk of it. Um, we're sort of taking this one in stages. Because Rich has been through the multiple stages of beginning Barebow, successful at Barebow, and then sort of post, um, you know, big performance and how life changes a little bit. And we're going to talk about that in part two. But for now, enjoy part one. Um, show Rich some love and pay attention to what he says because it'll help you. I think then um, anybody I can put a name to to promote our sport. The archer who owns all the world records, John Demmer III. You know, the more difficult a thing is, the more important the mental game becomes. I, I didn't eat any supper yet either. How about you either. guys? You guys eat yet? I didn't eat Oh, that. you know, uh, I have some crunch berries. Oh, yeah. Grayson Parlow. It's like me taking three or four years off your eye just because I weakened that prescription in the shooting eye. How about yourself, man? How are you? Uh, no complaints. I'm, uh, yeah, I think I, when I, last time I saw you, I think it was up at um, Denton Hill. Yeah, yeah, and that was only briefly. We shot together yeah. a little bit right before archery season there. What, was that yeah. July, I think, Denton Hill? Or no, I guess that, that's not Denton Hill. That was Ski Sawmill. Etar. Yeah, yeah, it was Etar. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I still call it Denton Hill. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I probably mentioned that um, I'm have some shoulder issues, so um, working through that still. You know, I I elected not to have uh, surgery, at least for the time being, and I'm just going with physical therapy. And uh, so my uh, I am shooting still. My arrow count has is low in fact i shot towards the end of october and uh was pretty happy with how i shot and then uh i shot again just yesterday morning and i was surprised to realize that it had been a month since i last shot sometimes well though with yeah uh and i shot well yesterday morning too i mean i'm pretty happy with how i shot um but I only shot about 36 arrows and I had some shoulder pain. Really? So, where's, your, where's your shoulder pain at, Rich, if you don't mind me asking? It's right um, at the AC joint mm-hmm. um, where the uh, clavicle and the humerus meet. Mm-hmm. That's called it. There's a long name for it called acrimonia. It's a long Latin name or something. And mm-hmm. uh, it's abbreviated AC joint right, right here, right at the top of the, uh, you can feel the point of your. Um, sure. Yeah your uh, your shoulder blade and your clavicle and your arm all come together in, in that rotator cuff area and i have um some torn tendons in the rotator cuff and um that might give me a sensation of like a little bit of an achy feeling but mm-hmm. i have um osteoarthritis in that ac joint and bone spurs and i think that's what i'm really feeling when i shoot I think it's it's that's what's hurting hurting me the most. 
So this is an archery related thing so much. This is just a um an ailment that's sort of coming out through archery. You're starting to feel it. I think you nailed it there. Um it's uh not completely unrelated to archery, but it's more an accumulation of events that have happened throughout my life and uh you know, uh, doing some reading on the subject, I find that uh, the tears in tendons can be micro tears mm-hmm. that happen over a, a period of time, you mm-hmm. know, just a little bit at a time. And uh, so I have a, an 80 something pound dog that likes to have a tug of war. I'm sure that was a contributor. And, mm. you know, I, maybe I didn't lift the right way at some point in time. And who knows exactly, but age related. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in, in climbing tree stands, and I mean, I don't know if you do that or not. You know, I, I notice. I know I started hunting with a saddle this year, uh, last year actually, but this year a little bit more. And you know, and I noticed, you know, climbing trees, using steps more often. You know, just being active and, and stuff like that. Like you feel that stuff during hunting season. You're like, man, why am I sore? Like, well, like at some point in time I was hanging off of a tree, you know, and, um, you know, just it's, it is what it is. I think it's just part of life, but I, I guess my, my thoughts with, with us and trying to record is you've sort of been out of the limelight for a, quite a while. Um, you know, and I know we've talked about some of it a little bit, um, just because you didn't compete much the last what two years, right? Two years with COVID, and then correct. Yes, mm-hmm. for the last couple of years, it's, it's in fact I shot uh, that tournament of a few weeks ago, a month ago or so, over at Lancaster Archery, and that was the first tournament I had shot in a couple of years. Actually, the last one I shot was early March of um, 2020, just when they were talking about shutting down. And I shot alongside uh, Casey Coffold and Rob and uh, Carol Coffold were there watching her shoot. Mm-hmm. And Casey and I shot, uh, shared a target. And I was asking Rob questions about how Lancaster Archery is planning to handle it and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so that's the le- I shot that tournament over at uh, Paul Myra, I think it was. And then uh, the uh, tournament me, I shot. That was with me and John, actually. Yeah, we shot together. That um, that was that was before twenty five meter tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, or no, we didn't shoot twenty five meter that for that one. That was just an eighteen meter. I remember you, me, and John shooting together at Palmyra for one. But yeah, was it was somewhere around the same time frame, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think the last one I shot was a twenty five meter, if I remember correctly, and. Uh, uh it went well um i had uh rick stonebreaker's record in my sights and uh, i didn't think his record was all that strong uh so i thought i could beat it and i did but i only beat it by one point and then uh so i knew it wouldn't hold up very long and then i think it was jeff ogilvy or someone came along not too long afterward later that year and and Broke it by a, a landslide. Yeah, like five fifty one or something. I, I remember. yeah, five fifty seven. I think it was yeah. five fifty seven. Yeah, that was that's a man. Killer score. Shooting. That is some shooting. Um, for sure. That guy came out of nowhere, you know, and just 
you know, it's, which is great. That's what we want. We want, we want people to develop. Um, but, you know, so I guess with um, us doing a podcast together, you know, I really kind of, you, you come to your name became a household name in Barabo with your success at the classic in 2019. 18. 18. Yeah. Correct. 18. Um, because you came in uh, as I think if I remember correctly, the eighth seed, right. Or, or seventh. Uh, 14th after the qualifier. Right. And then the fourth. And then, worked and my then, way up to fourth. And then you worked your way up to fourth, I guess, and then shot your way all the way up into the championship round. So, and, and yeah, and, uh, so it was um, 14th place qualifier. And then going into the elimination day, I had to shoot through three archers on that day to get to the stage. Right. To, to get to the fourth qualifier for the stage. Yeah. And then, you know, you put on, that's why I say like, you know, you put on a performance that was second to none and just were in the zone. Um, ironically, earlier that year, you were the first person I met in the barebow community. I shot my first barebow tournament standing next to you, had no idea who you were, what you did. Remember uh, Archery Addictions? Yes. I was like beside myself because I shot like a 496 and you were like, Frank, don't be upset. You have no idea how good that actually is. And I had no idea at all, like how difficult Verbo was. And I was like infuriated that I didn't shoot like a 540 coming from Olympic recurve and thinking like, come on, this isn't that hard. Boy, boy was I wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I remember that. I yeah. I remember um, we shot at Archery Dexes a, a couple of times. And one of those times I was struggling a little bit. And uh, we were shooting next to each other. And you said something to me that helped me out. You said, I noticed that you're one of the first ones off the line every time. And um, mm-hmm. and I thought I might be shooting a little too quick. So after the first half that day, um, I slowed myself down quite a bit. And I shot the second half se- 17 points better than I shot the first half. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, still stuff like that holds true to this day. Like, you know it's okay if you're in a zone and that zone's working for you, but you know, sometimes you just have to, it's not even about physically slowing down. It's about mentally slowing down. I think, um, in in my opinion, you know, you know, people, I think in the, in that situation, like, yeah, you physically slow down and maybe use, I call it clock management or time management, but you know, in that situation, it's a mental, it's a mentally, you're slowing down the whole process to concentrate on the individual, I call them performance points throughout your shot, making sure that you're hitting all of those steps. You know what I mean? Um, whatever those steps are and whatever your shot process is, but yeah, that's funny. It's funny. You remember that. I, yeah, that's, that's some time ago at this point. That's crazy. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget it. Obviously. Um, and slowing down is, I think you described it. Um, well, it, you know, it was just like being a little bit more, um, I don't know how you want to say it, determined or a little bit more uh, focused on each individual part of the uh, process for a, a, maybe a, a 
a few arrows or a couple of ends, you know, in the, in the second half until I feel like it's time to put that into the subconscious and just focus on one thing. And, you know, eventually get to a point where you just get to uh, settled in on your um, transfer to hold, you know, and you're got that, so to speak, uh, gun barrel pointed at the yellow on the target. And you just feel a little bit of calmness or something, you know, but just before you release that arrow. And then yeah, and you incredible. almost know as you release it that it's going to be a good shot. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I think the way to, and it, I don't, we don't have to record real long. I kind of want to keep these short. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do multiple episodes, but I, so I don't even really want to talk about 2018 Lancaster Archer Classic. I want to talk about Rich Barker how how long where your level of participation was in archery and how you came to shooting barebow at this point that's kind of what i would just want to cover um with us in this conversation and i think we'll we'll get together again our schedules sort of work out during the day um and we'll talk about you know what you did then leading up to the classic and then a conversation that you and i have had what happened post being the Lancaster Archer Classic champion um, and maybe some of the things that you learned as a competitor then an accomplished com- competitor at, at that but you know some of the things that you learned post winning the Classic and maybe how things affected you and and maybe your you know, do you know so let make make this like a three-part series because you have you have quite the journey um, and I think people want to hear that journey um, we try to we try to tell a story in these situations because even in the rest of the archery world, there's nobody really taking competitors and explaining the journey. And I think one of the reasons is, is in Barebow, and we've talked about, I've talked about this with some others like Scott Eisman and, um, and a few others. Like I think in Barebow, one of the reasons we are so tight um, and why our community is a little different because the journey's hard, all of the journey, becoming a competitor and after being a competitor. Um, so let's talk about your journey, Rich. Let's talk about like how you got into archery, you know, and what brought you to Barebow. Okay. Uh, archery started through hunting and um, I was an avid hunter and um uh, I uh, was doing a lot of small game hunting leading up to the uh, gun season for deer. And then uh, slowly but surely, m- my buddies that I hunted with and I all realized that we can extend our deer season if we start shoot- hunting in archery. So uh, we all bought compound bows and started hunting in archery. And as you can imagine, that started out kind of slow because you're, you've got a lot to learn to transition from a gun season in Pennsylvania to an archery season. And uh, so uh, that's how it started with uh, compound. And um, I hunted with compound successfully for quite a few years and then ran into a friend that I think you've met, uh, Merle, that um, uh, got me interested in traditional. And so I bought my first um, longbow and uh, hunted with that. Um, you know, made up my own arrows and uh, with carbon and uh, hunted with that and succeeded with that right from the very beginning. And I was addicted right away. My compounds never saw the light of day again. And um, then I um, 
hunted with compound for a few years and around 2010 uh, there was a local club having a Pennsylvania State Archery Association shoot a regional shoot and uh, I hadn't been around a target shoot in my life uh, so I contacted the organizer and asked if I could uh, take a look and he said you're welcome to come out you're welcome to shoot um, but your score won't count since you're not a member of PSAA and um, so I went out and uh, shot uh, they were shooting up, out to 80 yards for the first target and then uh, I think if I remember correctly it was 80 60 50 and 40 mm-hmm. yeah uh, throughout the day and um uh, they transitioned from a 122 centimeter target to a 80 centimeter target at the 60 yard mark, I believe, or, or the 50 yard mark. I'm not sure which, but uh, it's been a while. Anyway, um, I went ahead and joined the organization that morning. I practiced a little bit around the, uh, the house to get ready for it. And I joined uh, that morning when I got to that club. So my score counted and I, I won the event. And uh, my very first event. And, what uh, what were you shooting? Wanted, compound? A longbow. A longbow, okay. Longbow. I, uh, yep, I was shooting longbow at that point. This is around 2010. And uh, I was completely surprised that I won it. I, had no, I, I wasn't asked to score because I was such a newbie. Uh, and so that kind of got me the itch to compete a little bit. And I didn't come back to it again for a couple of years. I think it was work-related. You know, I was so busy with working at the time. And um, and then a couple of years later, I came back to it again and ended up going to um, the state shoot in uh, the Mechanicsburg area, I believe, somewhere in that area. And uh, that's where I met uh, John Demmer and, uh, for the first time and saw what he was doing with a modern uh, barebow setup. And uh, it piqued my interest. I was sort of thinking of in terms of going from longbow to Olympic recurve. I just thought if you're going to shoot target, that's where you're going to shoot, right? Unless you want to shoot compound or something, but I was beyond compound at that point. So uh, the modern barebow piqued my interest. It's maybe a stepping stone from longbow to Olympic recurve. And that's how I was thinking at the time. Um, And I didn't pick up my first barebow setup until June of 2015. And I contacted, I, I picked out the riser and the limbs myself and purchased them. But that's all I had to go on in terms of how to make up the bow. So I contacted John Wirt, asked him if he would meet with me over at Lancaster Archery and get me set up. And he agreed to do so. And he did in a very um, substantial way in terms of walking me through all the components and helping me choose. And, uh, so it was June, and I was set up for an outdoor target with um, Victory Vap Arrows, but um, still working at the time, and uh, ended up coming down with um, uh, a Lyme disease, which knocked me for a loop, and uh, I didn't come back to archery again until around October, and at that point, outdoor season was over and I had this rig set up for outdoors. So I went back to Lancaster Archery with all my components and uh, worked with Sean Snyder the second time around. And he set me up for indoors in a quite uh, logical way in terms of being up against the knock 
with a heavy arrow and being able to compete both NFAA and USA archery. That was his mindset. That's what he was thinking when he set me up. And so I had a real slow setup, like around 149 feet per second, big aluminum arrows. And uh, I didn't start competing until the fall of 2015, you know, that fall and winter. And then I entered my first nationals in uh, February of 2016 as a master. Um, and that was because that was the only thing I really knew. I, I knew my age was in the master bracket. So I thought that's where I'm supposed to sign up. And so I did. And um, I won that first, that first year shooting my first nationals. I won gold. And I, I thought it was a fluke, you know, but I stayed with it. And, um, Shot target in 2016, but I skipped the field uh, because I didn't know anything about field. And uh, then I sat down with Rob Caulfield um, and asked him during the winter of 2016, 2017, what do you need to do to make the uh, U.S. archery team? Because in 2016, I think it was, they had changed the rules to allow the master age class onto the uh, U.S. archery team along with Barbo. So um, we talked about it, and I realized I had to shoot the, the three nationals, the indoors, the field, and the target. And I did that in 2017, and I made the 2018 U.S. archery team. So that's kind of like a brief uh, no, history. That's perfect. That's perfect. I had no idea that your intentions were – first of all, I had no idea how you started in the sport at all. Um, you know, my, my recollection, because I didn't really – fully get into bearbow until 2018 and um because 2016 2017 i was shooting olympic recurve and you know and you're right i think um traditionally in the past it's you get in a target archery you either shot compound or you shot olympic recurve and that's just what you do mm-hmm. um but you know a, a, a testament to demer you know his colorful demeanor um you know it it's not just that that draws the people he's just you know his willingness to help and to talk to you and to like here this is what i'm doing this is why you know and to to yet again hear someone who sort of there was you know there's an association there um and then to see you like so quickly jump into your first nationals come out with master do you remember what you were shooting then just out of curiosity that first year as a score indoor national score yeah i shot a couple of uh 533s outstanding or an overall 1066 yeah and um i was shooting um easton x7s the the black aluminum arrows Mm, yeah and uh i wanted to shoot those because uh I just was used to look, seeing black carbon. And so if I'm going to shoot these aluminum arrows, I want to shoot black arrows. So I shot those and, um, you know, it worked out for me. Uh, and speaking of John Demmer, um, I mean, he was a, a big influence, definitely, uh, to shoot those PSAA state tournaments and to shoot near him. I mean, we were sitting side by side pretty much. I was shooting longbow, he was shooting uh, modern barebow. And um, it just looked like so much fun. And I remember sitting uh, under the pavilion when the shoot was over 
and they were handing out awards and people were eating lunch and I was looking for lessons. And uh, this was probably around 2013. You know, this is before I bought my first pair of bow. I was still shooting longbow and I was looking for lessons and uh, talking to a, a gentleman there who was shooting Olympic recurve about getting lessons. And John was part of that conversation and, and he chimed in and said, Hey, you know, I'd be willing to help you also. And so uh, we uh, sat and talked for a little while at the end of that shoot. And, and he introduced me to USA archery mm-hmm. and got me started down that path, which was a huge step. So, and, and to fast forward a little bit, shooting those heavy aluminum arrows at uh, the nationals, uh, when John and I got to know each other a little bit better, I remember on one occasion, I was in one of the middle lanes and he was in one of the first lanes indoors. And he crossed over all the lanes to get to the middle lane on the way back from scoring to check on me to see how I was doing. And I told him, uh, I'm doing all right, but it seems like when I collapse a little bit and don't put everything into my shot that I should, that I get a lot of drop on those heavy arrows. It's dropping all the way down into the sixth ring. And he said, well, you might want to think about going to a lighter arrow and string walking. And that's what got that started. So um, he was definitely very influential yeah, in a positive way. No, I'm glad you brought that up because we often get those questions. Um, and, and, you know, you're not on social media, but are like in our Facebook group all the time, people are like, oh, skinny arrows versus bigger arrows. And, you know, maybe with some carbon, carbon's not quite as heavy, but ultimately it still ends up being heavier than like uh, an RZ or a VAP or a 3DHV or something like that. And, um, you know, we get questions like that. So it's good for you. It's good for those who listen to this podcast hear you someone who is an accomplished barebow shooter um say like this is why and oftentimes that's kind of like our response or at least it's mine you know they're like oh i'm i'm considering you know a 23 series shaft and this and that and i'm like listen not there's plenty of people who have shot amazing scores and have had amazing results shooting a fatter arrow um a heavier arrow but understand that you're you're while you're gaining some circumference to catch lines you're losing some forgiveness in the shot um you know and that's like a case in point with like what you were experiencing um and i know like i had that with my own personal experience um and you know so it just it it helps kind of reiterate that message to people like if you have like if you're like super 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 consistent you absolutely positively can get away with shooting that heavier arrow or whatever to, to get your point on and get as close to the knock and, you know, stuff like that, but you definitely don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's definitely a benefit to, to maybe a different setup. And like John said, with string walking. So did you, did you have any like issues with transitioning to string walking? Did you notice any specific changes that you had to make things that, um, you know, maybe you didn't expect uh, or anything like that? Like, you know, as you, you started to change your, your approach. Um, very simple thing is uh, the, watch the nose. <laughs> the string walking. Uh, yeah. I ended up, uh, you know, having, having to be a little bit more careful with uh, 
getting the nose out of the way and, and I might've changed my head position a little bit uh, over time. At first I was um, getting a lot of contact with the string of my nose and then wearing uh, you know, something on my nose for that purpose to protect it. And I think one of the transitions I made was to, um, you know, this is not something I'm, I'm preaching. It's something I'm doing for myself. So if, right. it's, yeah, not good, yeah. if it's not good form, be advised. But uh, I turn my head a little more towards the target. Mm-hmm. Um, when I anchor, I feel like I'm still solid. I tr- I feel like I shoot my best when I keep my head erect. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, and just and my posture normal, and I'm not trying to bend into the bow, letting the bow come to me. And uh, so. I feel I can shoot my best when I keep my head erect and I turn it towards the target and uh, I keep my eyes on the target and don't let them wander too much over to the point of the arrow because you can see the point in your peripheral vision. If I keep my eyes focused on the target, my head erect and bring the equipment to me, I always shoot much better, significantly better for me personally. So um, it did cause me to adjust a little bit. I went from 149 feet per second as chronographed at Lancaster Archery to about 190 feet per second with the uh, uh, carbon arrows. So I was shooting fat boys and um, not a lot of weight. I think I had uh, 34 pound limbs and about 36 pounds or 36 and a half pounds on the fingertips or something like that with my draw length. But um, it was, uh, it was definitely a, I was shooting well with the aluminums, but the, with the carbon, I just felt like I got more into a zone. I mm. just, it, I felt more confident with it. That's and, this, and then when I started the, type stuff. when I started the field uh, shooting, mm-hmm. that's that's the best. I mean, you're string walking all over the place with field, you know. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I only I have one barebow experience shooting field, and that was with, with a little mini training session with Demer shooting at one of his like his home course um with maggie uh we both went and just to kind of learn some of the um, you know the secret not secrets they're not secrets but like you know like the the pertinent bread and butter stuff of field archery and um it's absolutely and i i love so i shot field as a kid shooting olympic recurve and uh, some as an adult shooting compound so like i'm familiar with field absolutely love field um but barebow it's definitely a different animal than shooting with the others in in many ways so um that's that's but that's that's cool and it stinks here in pennsylvania there's not a lot of places to shoot field not at all yeah you have to um especially um as you get closer to philadelphia uh if you get further from philadelphia towards like the middle of the state yeah there are more options out that way you know, so, Eric, oh, go ahead. Eric is out there, you know, at uh, yeah. York Archers. Yeah, Eric Yost. Yep, absolutely. They have a nice course there at York mm-hmm. Archers. Real nice course. So, are you shooting Lancaster Archery Classic? Yes, I am. Signed up. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Good. Look forward yeah. to seeing you. Oh, and I'll see you this weekend. Yes. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing your new setup new facility. Yeah. Grass yeah. Hollow. It'll be good. It'll be good. I'm glad we, we have uh it's for an early tournament. It's a decent turnout. You know, I don't, we don't draw like Lancaster does, but um, you know, it's, 
it's good stuff and and i'm excited to kind of hopefully we pick up some normalcy and you know everybody will be shooting um lane to lane instead of one person per bail like we did last year and stuff like that so um but yeah i mean it's yeah it's good and i look forward to seeing you this weekend and and uh maybe even try to shoot with you um because i have uh, uh someone coming to judge so i don't have to judge and <laughs> just yeah. awesome. it's uh, nice you know, to sit back <laughs> I I think it's awesome that you're having to shoot um, because you haven't been in your new location very long and um, it's a great way to get things rolling. I yeah. think it's uh, awesome that it's a star feeder shoot and that you're doing a combined 18 meter and 25 meter round. Uh, I think that's so cool, but I wish I could shoot it, but hundred that, that many arrows is just yeah more than my shoulder can handle right now. So I'm just going to shoot one of the two. Yeah, yeah, you said you so you're gonna come shoot the 25 meter. So that's and that's yeah. cool. That's hey, it's it's an it's a neat round, um, 60 centimeter face, um, you know, and it's there's there's records available for it, and you know, it's just I do it a little bit different. I don't think anybody runs tournaments the way I do. I do single lines, um, and then I just rotate the distances. It's 18, 25, 18, 25, and you can sign up and shoot an 18, or you can sign up and shoot both. You can shoot one, whatever you want. Um, you know, but I have to sanction it as the 1825. So that's what it sanctioned as. Like you can't, it's not saying you can't sanction the tournament as like a double 18 and a double 25, uh, 1825. I could, I guess, but I'd have to pay double the star feeder fee in order to do, it's just not worth it for Uh that purpose. But, um, yeah, man, I, well, I look forward to, to seeing you this weekend and, um, so bef- I think what we'll do, um, I think we're, we're going to keep this one, like I said, we'll keep this nice and short, um, you know, and, and put this out there sort of as like a part one. And I think like next week we'll get together um, and let's, let's pick up then when you decided that you wanted to shoot the Lancaster Archery Classic and talk about, you know, some of the things like, because I know you coached, um, a little bit, not a ton, but quite a bit, um, I guess, you know, right after that and just talk about like how you prepared for the classic. Um, and we'll kind of continue that conversation. Like we talked about in the beginning, you know, your approach, talk about that shoot up that whole tournament. Um, you know, what, how you managed it, how you manage the emotions or lack thereof, um, you know, that whole process. And then, a little bit touch t- try to touch a little bit on that that aftermath the you know the you know what happened after that you know what direction things went and and how um you know and, and how you have to kind of what's how, what's the way you have to be a little bit careful with the way that you manage those things um because it can it can weigh on you a little bit you know mm-hmm. oh yeah and, yeah, and talk about that with people um so that so that others because there's going to be others that come well after myself um you know and 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 yourself that if they can you know listen to this podcast and then have some sort of a um you know hear it from someone who's been through it that's really the goal you know share share that information yeah Yeah, I, i think the key thing is just to show up and shoot yeah you know i mean get 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 it on under your belt can get the experience and yeah because uh, i i shot it you know a couple of times a couple of years before i won so 
yeah. Having the experience oh. makes it easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely that first year. It's, it's definitely, you know, I shot the classic in in three different categories. Now I shot once in compound, you know, it was like in the top 100, if I remember correctly, it was some time ago um, mm-hmm. in open and then uh, shot at once Olympic recurve. I think it was 16th, 15th or 16th. And then uh, went to barebell and I haven't looked back since. So <laughs> are you going to shoot um, outdoor target this year? Yes nationals yep in pennsylvania oh absolutely how about that huh yeah Uh, there's no way i'm not shooting it in pennsylvania yeah Yeah. you know now that they have i don't know if you saw but they added the usat events have barebone now as well so yeah yeah so i mean i'm gonna try to make the the buckeye i don't know if i'll make the other ones or not um i'm not really pursuing the usat team i just don't i don't have the time or the commitment for that um Mm -hmm. So not not sweating it, you know. I'd rather worry about coaching and then just you know supporting the local shoots and, and doing what I can through the through the podcast. Um, I don't think people realize the amount of time involvement that like this stuff is, um, you know, in like even outdoor target nationals. You know, the coverage and the discussions and the pictures and uploading pictures and doing that, you know, and then then add on top of that shooting concentrating on shooting and trying like you just it's yeah i don't know how you do it frank dude i don't even know sometimes how You're i do it. Down a lot. <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you if it wasn't for my wife and her patience she is uh, amazing support of all of this stuff and she plays a huge role in in any success that i've had because she's just so supportive and you know she's an archer she shoots but she doesn't compete and i think that's maybe one of the reasons why because between like our son myself the kids that we coach you know we we can you can you only have so much of you to to give to other people does that make sense you know what i mean yeah uh what what's impressive is you're getting some good shooters coming out of your organization you know we've been blessed we have absolutely been blessed quite a few and 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 um but you know it's i literally I don't, again, I want this to turn into a discussion about me, but like I've dedicated the last three years to the coaching side of Barabell. That's it. Not myself, not, not competing and stuff. It's the coaching side so that the people who come later, you know, can learn a little bit quicker, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. a less of a barrier to entry and provide as much information, um, Obviously, the things that we're doing are working um, by the results that come from, you know, some of the people we work with and and obviously the kids. Um, But, you know, it's just somebody's looking for help. Hopefully they can find it, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyways, man, it was good to to see you. I'll see you this weekend. Uh, We'll talk about I'm sure we'll talk about it some more Um, and we'll we'll get together again next week. And we'll kind of, we'll, we'll get started with, with the discussion about the classic, that 2018 classic, um, your preparation for it, um, the entire shoot, um, we'll, we'll kind of go through who you shot against and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, really tie this conversation in, in, into a, into a big message there about that stuff. Okay. That sounds great. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend. All right, man. See you. Thank you so much, everyone that's going to be listening to this. 
Uh, unfortunately, Rich is not on social media. Um, but you know, if you want to get a hold of him, you're more than welcome to contact me, and I'll uh, I can I can put you in touch with him. Um, are you still doing some coaching, Rich? Yes, yes. So I'm going to get back to it again uh, this winter. Good. Um, um, not you know not in a big way, but sure in my usual way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you don't know, uh, if you haven't seen Rich, or if you're not, if the, if this is the first time you're hearing Rich's name, I advise you to go to Lancaster uh, Supply um, YouTube page and research 2018 Faribault shootups, and and you'll you'll get an idea. Um, one of the one of the nicest guys in Faribault, as far as I'm concerned. But all right, man. Yes, we'll talk, to you, we'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you this weekend. And everyone will be back with you another episode uh, next week. So, all right. Take care, Frank. See you soon. You, dude. Bye.